to uh, hand it over to the bishop now. Um, I called the bishop up uh, midweek, and uh, he was in the central library studying. We thank God for somebody who's studying for their Bibles. That's what we all should be doing. And he's able to give us such great words week after week. It's, it's not an easy task. I'm learning that myself. But <laughs> uh, we thank God that the bishop uh, is putting in the effort behind the scenes. And we're seeing the fruit of it. And we're able to eat the fruit of it ourselves. So let's open our eyes, open our ears, and prepare our hearts as we receive the word of the Lord today. Amen. Amen. Pastor Vince, God bless you so much for leading us and for moderating, I mean, our session. Madela, bless your heart for a wonderful time. Those shots, but I mean, refreshing in the presence of God. Now I can see that the praise and worship team are all moving in new dimensions in a very special way. Last week, our sister patients led us in a very wonderful time as well. And we want to bless God and give him all the praise and adoration. Uh, today, I, I have a very, I mean, refreshing word for for us all. I mean, as we go through various, I mean, situations in our lives, I mean, uh, one thing that can really help us to progress in our day-to-day -day activities and also in our walk with God is for God to increase our faith. So the last time that I shared with you, I spoke on the topic, may God increase our faith. Today, I'm still taking, I mean, another aspect of faith. And I'm talking on the topic, faith in God. Faith in God. I want us to take our Bibles and read from Hebrews. Hebrews chapter 6. We read in verses number 1 through 3. Hebrews 6, verses number 1 through 3. Um, I'm doing from the New King James Version, as usual. Uh, <clears throat> it reads, Therefore, leaving the discussion of the elementary principles of Christ, let us go on to perfection, not laying again the foundation of repentance from dead works and of faith toward God, of the doctrine of baptisms, of laying on of hands, of resurrection of the dead, and of eternal judgment. And this we will do if God permits. This we will do if God permits. The writer here is admonishing all of us to grow into maturity. But then he says, before we can grow into maturity, we must be grounded on the foundational principles of Christ. You see, if you are not grounded, firmly grounded, your growth can be impaired. Your growth can be sabotaged. We don't want our growth to be sabotaged or to be impaired. So we want to make sure that we are firmly grounded on the foundational doctrines or principles. As we usually say, or as you and I know, that everything we build, the strength of it, will be determined by the foundation. If you build a weak foundation, you cannot build anything strong on it. 
So foundations are very vital. At times we say that foundations, let's say the deeper you dig deep down in your foundation, the higher you can go up. Never forget this. It's applicable to every aspect of our lives. So if you are starting with God, or in any aspect of life, if you don't get the basics right, if you don't get your foundation right, you cannot build to last. We want to build to last. People despair of Christ. People give up on their faith. People backslide. People commit suicide because their foundations are weak. People easily get offended in relationships, in friendships, and tear their backs because they have weak foundation. Yes, there might be other reason, but most of the time you will see that it may be as a result of wrong foundations or faulty foundations or weak foundations. So in this contest, what is? So you see that, oh glory to God, that Paul, the writer of Hebrews, enumerates six solid foundations or foundational doctrines that we need to make sure that we understand them, that is anchored in our spirits, that we are established in them before we can grow in Christ. When we finish, take your time and read, and then you can enumerate as I'm going to enumerate them to you. Most of the time, if we give it to you, if you are not careful, you, you will just listen or just write and it will become just an addition to your notes or it will become just something that you have heard but not something you fully understand. We want you to understand because when it comes to spiritual things, it is the level of your understanding that can determine what you can do in your work with God. That is why the Bible says that there is a spirit in man and the inspiration of God gives that spirit understanding. Understanding is very vital. The psalmist or not, Proverbs says that wisdom is the principal thing. But then in all you're getting, get understanding. In all you're getting, get what? Understanding. If you don't understand something, you cannot operate in it skillfully or competently. So here, Paul wants us to understand our work with God so that we will not falter and fail and backslide and fall somewhere or become a debris or backslide. So he enumerates six foundational doctrines. The first one is repentance from dead works. I'm not going to elaborate. I'm not teaching them. I'm only enumerating them to you. The first one is repentance from dead works. You cannot be a Christian until first you repent from dead works. The things we used to do when we don't know Christ is called dead works. And if you don't repent from them, you cannot be a Christian. You can go to church all your lifetime and you will not be a Christian. Some even can preach and they have not yet repented from dead works. It is repentance from dead works that commences your journey 
into knowing Christ. The next is faith toward God or faith in God. If you don't develop faith in God after repentance, you are going nowhere in your walk with God because challenges will come, God will promise you, problems will come, and it is faith that can help you to navigate your way. And it's not just faith in vacuum, but it is faith, faith, not faith in people, not faith in circumstances. It is faith in God, faith in God, faith in God. And the next is doctrine of baptism. This is what I'm teaching on. I mean, faith in God. I'll come back to it. Doctrine of baptism. There are different kinds of baptisms. I'm not teaching that. We'll take it one by one at an appropriate time. The next is laying on of hands. It's a doctrine. It's a foundational doctrine. Laying on of hands. The next, which is the fifth, is resurrection from the dead. You have to understand what Christianity means by resurrection of the dead. And then finally, eternal judgment. This is what comes together to form our foundation. This is what Christianity stands on. Before you can grow, before you can build up. So this is your foundation. If all these are not understood and worked into our lives and worked into our spirits, you will try to grow and you will not grow well. You will try to build and you will not build well. Because why? Your foundation is faulty. That is why the psalmist says in Psalm 11 verse 3. He says, what will the righteous do if the foundation be destroyed? I'm taking my time today to expound on this because it is very vital. It is an integral part of our walk with God. That is what cements us into going high in Christ. That is what prepares us so that God can depend on us. If not, anything that God will put on you, the burden of Christ will crush you. Why? Because your foundation is faulty and weak. The psalmist says that what will the righteous do if the foundation be destroyed? Psalm 11 verse 3. People easily go back, fail, backslide, give up, become angry, become disturbed easily. Or the slightest things that happen to them or that doesn't go well in their work with God because their foundation is faulty. Of all the six that have enumerated, it's faulty. They didn't take their time to grasp it very well. So they are building on sinking sand. And if you are building on sinking sand, definitely there's going to be a collapse. That is why Jesus said it so strongly in Matthew, which I want to read with you. We all know it, but I want to read it. Matthew chapter 7. Matthew 7, I uh, want to read verse 24 to 27. 24 to 27, it says, Therefore, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man. Note it, a wise person who built his house on a rock. 
The rock there is talking about foundation. And the psalmist says, if your foundation is destroyed, what can you do? And Paul has enumerated six components of our foundation in Christ that we need to grasp, understand, work it into our spirits before we can do anything in our work with God. Jesus says, whoever hears these sayings of mine and does them, I will liken him to a wise man who built his house on the rock. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on that house, and it did not fall, for it was founded on a rock. Are you founded on the solid foundation of Christianity? The foundational doctrines of Christianity? Or are you just moved by just the excitement of things? Yes? You can be excited, you can shout hallelujah, glory, hallelujah, glory, hallelujah. But then when the winds blow, the floods come and the rain fall upon your hallelujah and your praise the Lord. You see that somehow they are not solidly built on a sound foundation. Jesus says that this man, because... He has built his house on strong rock of foundation. All the challenges of life came and his house stood strong and firm. May your house stand strong and firm. May your life be firm and strong no matter what happens. Amen. May God preserve you in the midst of all the contrary winds, the turbulence, and the hazards of society, of your personal life, of Christendom. There is warfare in Christendom. We have an enemy. The devil is moving about like a, an angry lion, seeking whom he may devour. But then if you are founded on a solid rock to stay, it doesn't matter how fierce he comes, pouncing on you, pouncing on your house. You will stand to stay, to continue to celebrate the goodness of God. Amen. Horrible times and situations may confront you. But then because you've taken or you've worked on your foundation in Christ, you are not moved. When we continue to read from verse 26, he says, But everyone who hears these sayings of mine and does not do them will be like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. And the rain descended, the floods came, and the winds blew and beat on the house, and it fell, and great was the fall. Please, it is not just about, excuse me to say, mere excitement. It is about firm knowledge anchored in a strong foundation. A strong foundation. I usually say this at times. I tell a lot of people that it is not even about quotations. Because you can quote from A to Z. To the end of the Bible. But then if you don't have 
a strong foundation when the harshness or the test of what you are professing comes you'll be found lacking and wanting today i'm taking just one component of our foundation block in Christ or in Christianity. And that is the second one, which is faith in God. Faith in God. It is part of the six components of our foundation in Christ, which comes together to form the solid rock that we are to build our Christian lives on. Amen. You see, when we talk about faith in God, it is, I'm differentiating it, it is different from what we call saving faith. It is different from saving faith. When we talk about saving faith, it is, the, it, let's say you hear the word of God and then you, first time, you are an unbeliever, you don't go to church, you don't know Christ. And then somehow, some you, you become there's some discomfort in you or you cry or there's conviction and then you 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 confess your sins and you ask, you invite Jesus into your heart that kind of faith which brings Jesus into our hearts for the first time is what we call saving faith this faith in God is different from saving faith saving faith commences you it brings you into repentance from dead works. And then you got to build upon it, depending on the measure of faith that God gives to us individually. So it is almost like it brings you into Christ, but then faith in God builds upon it. Faith in God is different from saving faith. Also, it is different from natural faith. You know natural faith, Natural faith, even people who don't go to church have it. When we say natural faith, it is like, you see, when you go to your office and you are going to sit on your chair, you, you don't always check the chair to see if the chair is okay, if the chair can support you. You pull it and you just sit on it. Why? Because you have, you, you, you have faith in the chair that the chair will support you. That is natural faith. Things that we, we, we know that, I mean, if I take egg and I use egg for to make cake, the, 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 the egg is going to act as it should be. We don't need to dissect and check the egg and find out, or you take, let, let's say, tomatoes, or you take, I mean, uh, uh, pepper from, from your, 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 your cooking things and then you put pepper. You know that it's going to give you that, I mean, biting and harsh, I mean, I mean, spicy, I mean, I mean, taste. Why? Because we all know, we have, we know it naturally, that that, that is natural faith. And uh, faith in God is different from that. Then we have the gift of faith, the gift of faith. The gift of faith is also different. It is different from saving faith. It is different from natural faith. The gift of faith is part of the gift of the Spirit. You see, the gifts of the Spirit are what we call manifestations. It is not something somebody has, but it comes from the Holy Spirit. Anytime that the Holy Spirit wants to operate in somebody to do something that is beyond the natural realm, then the Holy Spirit will show this faith, which we call the gift of faith. 
You can only desire it, but you can't have it in your pocket or in your life as something that you can possess and say, I, oh, I have the gift of faith. No, it's a manifestation. So it's different from that. So uh, having told you about the things that, uh, the various aspects of faith that are not faith in God, I want to take you to the biblical definition of faith in God. The biblical, sorry, the biblical or the Bible definition of faith in God is found in Hebrews chapter 11, verse 1 and 2. Hebrews 11, verse 1 and 2. The Bible says that now faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And if you read further, it says, For by this faith, the elders obtained a good report. The elders have received saving faith already, but by establishing themselves on this foundational component of our work with God, called faith in God, they obtain a good report in God. So that means that if you work on your faith in God, you will obtain a good report with God. What do we mean by good report? A good report means that God will recommend you. A good report is that God will approve you. There is nothing in life like God approving someone. May God approve you. Amen. May God recommend you. Amen. That no matter what happens around you, God will recommend you. That God will endorse you. If you are endorsed by God, as God did to Job. You see, God's endorsement brought the harshness of, of devastation into the life of Job. But Job stood the test of time. Why? Because he had faith in God. He had faith in God. And this is what we are trying to develop. May you get understanding and learn to grow this aspect of your faith in God. So that God can recommend you. So that you can be added to the elders that obtain a good report. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. The evidence of things not seen. And then he goes on to say, by this, the people of old, the elders, obtain a good report. By this, by this faith in God. You want to obtain a good report from God, you need to work on your faith in God. Also in Hebrews chapter 11 verse 6. Further elaboration is given to this faith in God. Which we, we all hear a lot. But then as I add it to this teaching. I think it's going to bring a lot of illumination to your heart and to your mind. It reads, and without faith it is impossible to please God. Without faith, without living faith, without this faith in God, it is impossible to please God. For he who comes to God must believe that he is. And that he is a rewarder of those who diligently seek him. Without faith, without faith in God, it is impossible. And when the Bible says it's impossible, that means it can never happen. It can never be. 
That means we don't need to lie to ourselves if we don't have faith in God. Why? Because we can't please Him. God doesn't. God doesn't. God doesn't flip flop. Oh yes, or maybe. Oh no, 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 no. It is we. That's why the Bible says there is no shadow of turning of variableness in God. I love it that way. There is no what shadow of turning of variableness in God. Shadow of turning. These days, there are a lot of people you can't you can't trust them. You can't trust them. You can't trust them. Today they are all. Oh, oh, tomorrow it's almost like they are, they are another thing altogether. But then God is not like that. So if God says that without faith in him, it is impossible to please him, then you, you need to think it's a serious thing. He's making it clear that, hey, hey, you've come to me. You know what? I'm happy to have you. Glory to God. Come. You are part of my family. But hey, you know what? Without faith, you can't please me in this family. Wow. He's made it so clear how we have to do it. And then he goes on to say that he that comes to God must believe that he is. You see, it's in present tense, not that he was. If he was, then that means you only hear about Abraham and Sarah and then uh, the widow of Zarephath and that kind of thing. And, and, and then you, you, ask, you always think, you, you always read that, you talk about that and you think that is it. No, it has to reflect in your life. Now, because <laughs> he that comes to God must believe that he is, not that he was. That's why a lot of people, they, they are always, always happy talking about uh, uh, Daniel and the lions, then Shadrach, Meshach, and the, yeah, yes, in the Bible. But you see, we read all that to develop our own unique faith in God now. Are you there? Church, you've gone too quiet on me. Come on, somebody shout hallelujah. hallelujah. Glory to God. We use all that, all the past that we hear, the biblical story, so that we can personalize our walk with God. Your dealings with God must be in the now. He that comes to God must believe that he is, not that he was. He was meant that he dealt with some people. But what about now? There is no shadow of turning. There is no variableness. He is immutable. God doesn't change. So he that comes to him must believe that he is constant, ever abiding, always present, always here with us. Oh, glory to God. We thank you, my Lord, my God. One time, I believe when we were growing in our faith in God, I had some people around me and when we were engaging and interacting, one time the Lord dropped something in my spirit and I told them that, you know what? I can see all of you. I can touch all of you. I can feel all of you. But I want you to know that the Holy Spirit is closer to me than you people that I can touch and feel and sense. Why? Because he that comes to God must believe that he is. You need, oh glory to God. 
Masoke maha sande maha takaba. Brande masote kaba talaba. Bandeli makaba ya sote kaba. Mabrian dolomo sete kaba yando mahata. Abande makoba sindele me zebron dolomo kebe ya sata. Mabandeli masote kaba dali malababo. Lebaria sote kaba dali malababo. Riandele masote kaba. Lebaria kaba dali masondele malababo kaba dali masote. Lebabariandele malababa. Lebarosete kaba dali masote kaba. Lebariandolo masote kaba dali masandele malababa kaba. Lebariandele masote kaba dali masaya. Lebaria kaba dali masote kaba dali masaya. E la brondolo moseto kabadale masondele masandele makabada le bariandole mosote kabadale masote le bariandole masate kabadale masande mahata Alleluia 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 bene Jesus the Lord is my strength my song and my all the lord is my strength my song and my all the lord is my strength my song and my all he has become my salvation he has become my salvation the Lord has become my salvation the Lord is my strength my song and my You know, let, let, let me let, let, let me let me let, let me just highlight on the words of this song again. It's so powerful, and at times, yeah, we've been singing it in different ways. But then he says, "The Lord is my strength; He is my song, and He is my all. He has become my salvation. The Lord is my strength, my song." And my all, he has become my salvation. Let's take it again. The Lord is my strength, my song, and my all. Let's take it again. The Lord is my strength. The Lord is my strength, my song, and my all. He has become my salvation. He has become my My salvation, the Lord 
song and my own. So he that comes to God must know that he is. We've all come to God. Thank God for what he did in the past. But we need to bring God into our present and current situations and interactions. That is faith in God. That is a definition of faith in God. So now let me give you the characteristics of faith in God. Characteristics of faith in God. The first characteristic is that faith is a present reality. Let's all say it together. So faith, faith. is a present reality. Faith is a present reality. A present reality. That means it operates in the now. Faith works in the now. Thank God for what the people of the past expressed in God. What they expressed is in the past. But if faith will show in us, it must become a present reality. That means it is expressing itself in you now. Faith is a present reality. That means when you are confronted with situations, you must exhibit faith in the now. You must trust God in the now. It's not that you, you lose your balance and then you, you go into worldly ways of doing, I mean, scheming and plotting and, I mean, and, I mean, cajoling and, I mean, no, 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 no. Faith is a present reality. Because he that comes to God must believe that God is. So faith is a present reality. And that is what I'm trying to tell you that Faith means reliability. Reliability. Faith means that's still under faith is a present reality. I'm just elaborating on it under that. It means faith is reliability. It means faith is trust. It means faith is confidence. It means faith is firm persuasion. You see, if it's in the now, all these things must show up in it. That is what makes it a present reality. Two, faith is different from hope. And this, please, you need to get it. Faith is totally different from hope. Amen? Amen. Faith is different from hope. Usually, hope speaks of the future. Something you are expecting that it will happen ahead of you. So most of the time we say hope is not a present reality. Hope is not a present reality. But an expectation of something in the future. Faith, oh yes, it will be. Oh, in due course. That is hope. That is hope. 
But if you are expressing faith, you say it is done. It has happened. Somebody say amen. Amen. Why? Because faith is different from hope. Faith operates currently in you to take you to what you are hoping for. So faith is a vehicle that transports you into the future or of what you are hoping for because hope speaks of what you are expecting in the future. But faith works in you now to transport you to what you are hoping for or to what you are expecting in the future. So you see that faith is a current reality and faith is different from hope. Hope speaks of future and faith is the vehicle that takes you into the future. So hope and future and, and faith are not the same. Hope is to future and faith is into now transporting you to the future. Somebody say amen. Amen. Galatians 5.5 5 makes that clear. I want to just emphasize. Galatians chapter 5 verse 5. A very short piece. But let's see. Galatians 5.5. 5. He says, For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness. We eagerly hope, or we eagerly wait for what we are expecting in the future, that in the future we shall become righteous. But notice, he says, For we, through the Spirit, eagerly wait for the hope of righteousness by faith. Faith is working now to take you to what you, the righteousness you are, you are hoping for or expecting in the future. So faith is a vehicle that takes us into the future expectations. And hope speaks of what you are expecting in the future. Three, faith is a certainty. Faith is not ambiguous or it's not shadowy. Faith is a certainty. It's something you firmly say, yes, it is. Yes, it's not that it's going to be, not that it shall be. It is. It's a, cent it's a certainty, sorry. It's a persuasion. Further elaboration. And it's a conviction. Faith is a certainty. It's a persuasion. It is a conviction. When something anchors your heart and it establishes itself, that is what we call conviction. It's a persuasion that there's no doubt in your mind about it because you've been persuaded beyond all reasonable doubt. And that is faith. And that you are sure, that you are sure, that you are sure, that you know, that you know, that you know. That is a certainty and a conviction. When it comes to dealing with God, this is what he wants us to express in him. When we talk of conviction, conviction means proof or evidence. 
Somebody say amen. Amen. It is sourced in an ever-abiding and all-powerful personality of God. God's personality come into play when you are speaking about conviction of the fact that oh, God is sure, God is true, God is faithful. This is the personality of God. In this, you don't shake. And that is faith. When you are not shaking because of the conviction that God is, that is what it means that you are certain. You are persuaded. You are convinced. So these are the characteristics that if you are exhibiting, if you are uh, flip-flopping, uh, it looks like, it looks like that is no faith. It may be. That is no faith. That is doubt. Oh, that is hope. Thinking that, oh, he may be. It's ahead. And something that is ahead, anything can happen. But because faith is in the present reality, you know that you know that God never fails. The last characteristic that I want to share with you because I don't want to overload you because it's going to be a long studies on faith. Faith is number four. Faith is beyond sight. Excuse me. Faith is what? Beyond sight. Somebody say amen. It goes beyond what you can see. It is beyond sight. That is why those who want to walk by sight <laughs> will always have problem with their faith. The Bible says that the just shall live by faith, not by sight. If you wait till you see and you rejoice, you are not walking by faith. You are walking by sight. You have seen. If you see it before you say, praise the Lord, glory to God, my God has done it. You are walking by sight. But faith takes you into what has not yet physically manifested, but because of the nature and the personality of God, you say, if God says it, it is done. Not that it's going to be done. Here, you are walking by faith, not by sight. The Bible says that just shall live by faith several times in the Bible. If you look at 2 Corinthians, the Bible says it. 2 Corinthians 5, verse 7. For we walk by faith, not by sight. For, excuse me, we walk by faith, not by sight. Our walk with God is by faith. The word of God gives light ahead of us. So we walk by faith, not by sight. 
It is not being crazy. It is accepting God's word as final. That is why we walk by faith. Because God has said, God has said it and it settles the question. God has promised and it doesn't matter what is happening around it. I trust God beyond all reasonable doubt. Because I walk by faith, not by sight. Faith sees into the realm of the unseen. And it calls forth things into present reality. Things that you have not seen, you call it into present reality. That is why we walk by faith, not by sight. It is my prayer that we all come under the influence and the guidance of the master teacher, that is the Holy Spirit. To guide us to walk on this aspect, to work on this aspect of our foundation. Because without solid foundation, we cannot build the superstructure that God is desiring to build. Yes, there is no question about that. God is doing something great, something awesome, something powerful. But then your foundation will determine how high, how big, how enormous you can allow God to build on you. Let's work on this foundational truth or foundational doctrine, which is faith in God. It's not the only foundation. You know that the components are six, but this is one aspect. This week I charge you, read more about faith in God. Read more about the exhibits of faith in the lives of the elders or the people of old. Read more about current people, how they have expressed themselves in the goodness of God. Although they had not physically touched what God had promised them. And this is what we call faith in God. May God bless us all as we seek to grow in him. Bless you too, Bishop. Bless you. Bless you so much. Amen. Let's pray before we go. Let's pray in tongues. Let's pray in tongues. Pastor Vince, lead us to pray in tongues a bit. Pastor Vince, lead us to pray in tongues a bit. Lema rasosti kabadali mazote. 